Jesus says we can do nothing apart from him. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean like, oh, I can do a little bit of something. It's like, I absolutely can do nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here with our co-hosts, Brad yes. Fieron and Aaron Richards. What's up? Good to see so you. Good to that see was you. the weirdest like, hit thing I ever. It. I was into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we have a focused missionary with us today, yes. Miss Nicole. Pleasure to meet you. <laughs> thanks. Yes. Thanks it's, for having uh, me. We're really excited for today's show to hear your story, to talk about focused missions and all the amazing things that focused missionaries are doing. If you're joining us for the first time, we love mission. Like our, our heart of this show is to help restore the missional heart of the church, that we were a church mm. built and fashioned mm. and formed. Uh, we exist the, in order to evangelize. And that mm. when we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, like Paul had a life-changing encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, that encounter experience should always propel us into mission, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to talk about kind of your life as a missionary and the awesome mission work of focus and the opportunities, but just mm -hmm. like our our universal call to mission today. Brad, do you want to open us in prayer? Yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you glory and thanks for this day. Thank you for the gift that it is to be community together. Thank you for the conversation that will take place today. We thank you especially, Lord, that you've given us a church that's been fashioned for mission. Thank you for encouraging our hearts and inspiring us to step out in boldness for you. We pray that as we partake in this conversation today, that you would lead all of us further up and further into your call in our lives, mm -hmm. and that we would live it radically uh, for the sake of your name and for the sake of your church. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, I think it's really cool, actually, just like how normal it is sometimes to meet a missionary. Like nowadays, mm -hmm. like it's like we have a sweet missionary community here. And uh, but then there's like I, I feel like I bump into like focused missionaries yeah. all the time mm -hmm. or other missionaries. And um, I think the Lord is at this time in our country actually doing like he's mm -hmm. restoring this missional call of the church again, which mm -hmm. is just so important. Sometimes out of desperation mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> sometimes out of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our last bishop, Bishop Brennan, had a real focus on missionary movements. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember asking him one time why, and he's like, because we need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we need, you know, we need priests, we need missionary mm -hmm. priests to come in and to be a part of our diocese to help to help shepherd our flock. And uh, I think that was that was a prophetic statement that, yeah. you know, not only do we need missionary priests, but we need mm -hmm. we need people, we need missionaries, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Jesus said, yeah. you know, to, to answer the call, to labor mm -hmm. in the vineyard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. And the goal would be to not have as few laborers so we can yield to the harvest. Well, in church world too, I think sometimes like it can just be, we see the problems and we're like, oh, there's so many, like the like, people are falling away from the faith and mm -hmm. it's like, it, it can become discouraging. Uh, but then like it, we, we're also seeing the solutions. Like yeah, God's right. actually, he has solutions. He's raising up missionaries. Um, so Nicole, you've been a missionary, missionary with focus. How long have you been a missionary? Mm -hmm. This is my second year with oh, focus. Right, yeah, but I would on. say hopefully you've been a missionary for longer than that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Second year in full-time mission with focus, yeah, yeah. but you were a missionary in, in heart and spirit before yeah. that. So yeah. when did you fall in love with Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was 16 by the grace of God. Um, I was raised kind of nominally Catholic and then 
when I was 16, kind of on accident, I ended up on a retreat that was a theology of the body retreat, um, which I I knew nothing about really what the church taught or about Hmm. uh, theology of the body. And through that encounter and through adoration, which I'd also never been to adoration, I met Hmm. the Lord there for the first time. Um, And yeah, my life turned upside down after that. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's really the first place that I came to know him. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, where was that? Where was that retreat? It was so. I'm from the diocese of Duluth, which is northern Minnesota. Yeah, yeah and so it was in the middle of the woods <laughs> in northern Minnesota, which was yeah. Nice. That is great. It said everyone from Minnesota, right? Like yeah. everything's just in the middle of the woods in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is, was yeah. it a winter retreat or so, like? Definitely were you, were you, winter. Yeah. So yeah. it's like negative ninety five degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, like, that is so just good. the warmth of adoration filled yeah. me. That's awesome. So when you were sixteen, you were like, all of a sudden, you just became a missionary. You started telling everyone about. Jesus. <laughs> Just right no. away. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I was very timid. I think I was very I had a lot of hesitancies about the church. Um, especially when mm. I when I came on this retreat, I I thought I knew what the church taught at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like it and I didn't want any part of it. And I came to realize like I kind of I think it was through a softening of heart and through what was spoken at that retreat of like, okay, no, you don't actually know. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to have questions and I came to realize through that and through having, I had a list of questions of all of the things um, that I wanted to know about Jesus and life and the church and Mm -hmm. where all of that fit in. Um, And I found that like the Catholic church was the only place that wasn't afraid of my questions Mm -hmm. and encouraged it. And so, yeah, that's a lot of the reason that I'm here today. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a a beautiful insight. I think like sometimes I'm like, uh, when working with like young people with all their questions and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's just fun to be like, like, I'm so glad you're asking the questions, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. such a blessing that the questions actually coming up. Yeah. How did you, how were you received? Was it like through priests or was it through mm-hmm. like conversations with uh, other parishioners mm-hmm. or just like, what do you mean by you noticed that the church wasn't afraid mm-hmm. of your questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I came back from that retreat and my life was kind of turned upside down and I was like, okay, something needs to change because I, mm-hmm. I met somebody there mm-hmm. that changed my entire life in the way that I view the way that I've been living. Um, so when I came back, mm-hmm. I, started showing up. I'm from a really small town, Moose Lake in northern Minnesota, and I started showing up at my parish. Um, and every week I would stand at the the door of the office of my parish priest and I would fire questions at him mm-hmm. that I had on mm-hmm. this list. And, and, you know, he was so gracious in receiving me in that. And he said, like, Nicole, I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's a priest, so he studied theology and philosophy for a long time. And he just walked with me through a lot of those things. And, um, yeah, I met a couple other people at the retreat. Some of them were focused missionaries, actually, at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, and mm-hmm. so through meeting them, I think I came to know a lot of like, this is the church. This is mission. This is who mm-hmm. Jesus is. Um, so I definitely wasn't doing it alone. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. How would uh, how'd your family respond to that shift? Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of shocking for them. I think when I came back, they were like, what happened to her? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, what is going on? Um but it's been cool to see. I really do believe that the Lord works through families, and especially, you know, once you're on mission, um, the Lord uses that to transform your family in different mm-hmm. ways that you probably wouldn't expect. And so yeah. since then, a number of my family members have kind of had conversions and come to know mm-hmm. the Lord in a very mm-hmm. personal way. Um, and it's all through, like, <laughs> the Lord pursuing mm-hmm. me um, and then mm-hmm. seeing that he was also pursuing them all this time, I think, yeah. has been really cool to witness. Praise the Lord. I yeah. love that. Yeah. So you went to college. You and you were playing at, at a D1 school. What were you playing? 
So I ran track and field at the University of St. Thomas. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Roll yeah. Toms, right? Roll toms, yeah, I'm roll sorry. Toms. Sorry, sorry. I, should, I should know the vernacular. <laughs> That's <now>. okay. <laughs> Most of why do they call it track and field? Like, you don't run on the field, or is the field where you do the they throwing? Throw. Yeah, you, okay. yeah, you <laughs> throw and jump and that okay. sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, the throw and jump. What did run you run? On the track. I ran the four, the six, and the eight. So okay. kind of mid distance races. And yeah. where at? Um, was it the University of Duluth? It was St. Thomas. Thomas. Oh, yeah, okay. St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So University of St. Thomas, it's it's up there in the Twin City areas, and it has like just some phenomenal programs. So that's actually so there's so many like focus missionaries and St. Paul's outreach missionaries mm-hmm. that come from University of St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. So it's just cool to yeah, see it all fire, come together. Really yes, cool. it is really yeah. cool. It yeah. is really cool. So what captured your heart for the missional call? Like when you yeah. like was it your senior year that you discerned to be a focused missionary, or where, where, what was the process there? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I decided in my time at St. Thomas, but we really bookended that experience of college for me. It was a mission trip at the very beginning and a mission trip at the very end. Oh, nice. And mm-hmm. the Lord used those two experiences to really call me into mission, um, but also to help me see how I need to be on mission here. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when I first mm-hmm. thought, you know, like, I want to be a missionary for the rest of my life, it was, I thought it was going to be foreign mission. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. away in some mm-hmm. other country. And um, he eventually called me to serve here, which is been What were those amazing. trips? Um, so my senior year of high school, I went on a medical mission trip to Haiti. Uh-huh. And that was probably the most impactful experience that I've had with um, mission trips specifically. Um, mm-hmm. We were setting up pop-up clinics, and I think there's something about, you know, like you, you encounter somebody, probably everyone has this experience, especially on mission trips, but you encounter somebody and you remember their face forever. And um, there was this mm-hmm. man, we were working in a clinic one day, and there was this man that came in that had a mask on his face. And at the time, that wasn't strange. You know, now it's like yeah. everyone does. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he came in and he had a mask on his face. and. He, I didn't speak Creole, and so mm-hmm. I went over, and my job was to pray with every single person that we saw. And so I went over to pray with him, and I was holding his hands, and he just started weeping. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't ask him, you know, like, why are you crying or anything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that? And so I just finished praying. And um, later, the provider that saw him told me that he was weeping because he had um, an abscess, like a deformity that was growing out of his face. And mm-hmm. his family had taken him before their village, publicly humiliated him, left him. He had been sleeping outside for two years, mm-hmm. and he was weeping because he had not been touched by another human being wow. in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was holding his hands, praying with him, that was the first time he'd been touched in two years. Mm. And it just broke me because I'm like, I can't even imagine what that would be yeah. like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can. Um, because when I came onto campus at the University of St. Thomas, I was looking around, and I'm like, some of these people know the Lord, but mm-hmm. some, you know, I look around, and I just, I heard this um clear caller this voice of like nicole within each of these people that you're watching walk across campus is that man mm-hmm. and they haven't mm-hmm. been touched by my love yeah um well yeah, it's so about that touch yeah 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 that's, that's amazing i just love it thanks for that witness yeah that just like your senior year too like that's awesome mm-hmm. that you were able to um have such an experience at such a young age mm-hmm. which and i think that's so important because i think sometimes we just run after the american dream mm-hmm. so quick and we don't take time to like have those moments of encounter where you encounter other people to, before you like hey we plan our life almost before we've mm-hmm. actually experienced life which mm-hmm. is and those things it's like man okay i remember a mission trip i took mm-hmm. in seventh grade it was like i mean i was just a seventh grader you know my daughter's in seventh <laughs> grade now so like you're like looking at her like oh my gosh like my life was changed when i was your age and because mm-hmm. i i went mm-hmm. on this mission trip and it was like uh, it, w- it was that it was like i saw the poor and 
it was almost like even as a young kid, like nothing else matters, like mm-hmm. other than helping other people. Like my mm-hmm. heart was just broken for people that like I want to give my life to others. And mm-hmm. I think that that seed of mission happens when when your heart is like it wants to be poured out yeah. like Jesus's heart wants mm-hmm. to yeah. be poured out. When I love I just love how the Lord he authors what seems to be the same story in a multitude of ways, right? Mm-hmm. So like you encounter Jesus and then from there that faith that's growing inside of you seeks understanding, right? Mm-hmm. That that's the common language of the faith. Yeah. That's what we call theology, right? Faith seeking understanding. And then from that place of understanding, as we're on that road, the Lord invites us to actually touch others in the way he's touched us. Yeah. And that's amazing. Like that is the story of every converted Christian. And just to see it like lived out in your life um, in such a wholehearted way is really beautiful because I think sometimes we can think of that as mundane or kind of just like, I don't know, almost robotic, but it's, it's not at all. It's that, okay, Lord, I've encountered you in this new way. I have new questions for you. As you're answering those, I reach out and I touch others in the way you're touching me. And sometimes that provides the answer that I'm looking for in this way or that. So I think like, it's just cool to see that the, the way the Lord works today is the same way he's been working in his saints for, you know, generations. Yeah. Right. You're touched by the fire and you come away burning. Yes, that's right. That's right. And and, and then fire leaves a mark too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So what was the second, you said it bookended it. So you did another mission trip your senior year? Yeah. So my senior year, I went to Belize on a mission trip with focus. And through that, um, I, I came there expecting kind of a similar situation. You know, I'm going to meet the poor and, and you just can tell, like I look in people's eyes there, especially the poor. I'm like, you have something to teach me that I don't already know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's some depth to you that I, I want to know and I want to experience. And so I went to Belize expecting that I'd have these beautiful encounters with the poor. And I did. Um, one of them in particular, I was sitting next to a four-year-old little boy. And it mm. was crazy because he just looks at me straight in the eyes. And all he says is, I thirst mm-hmm. and turns away. And I was like, what did he just say to me? <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. But but it was that moment of like, no, this is Jesus. Like, this is an encounter uh-huh. with mm-hmm. the living God. Um, and that changes everything. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I encountered the poor there. But really, when I came back on campus to finish out the rest of my senior year, um, it was astounding to me because it was like my eyes were open in a different way of seeing like, okay, maybe I can go to these third world countries and I can see the physically poor, but they have a spiritual richness a lot of times that I'm not seeing around me in the day to day, like when I come back on campus. And so um, the Lord placed a number of people in my life, my senior year that really had no encounter with the faith, had no encounter with the Lord. Um, And I was able to see in them and in myself, just this greater spiritual poverty of like, okay, we have everything materially maybe that we need, but there's still something in us that is lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still something in us that is missing. And so mm-hmm. um, me deciding to apply for focus came from this experience of realizing my own poverty and then seeing it in my brothers and sisters around me and saying like, yes, I can go and that would be great. But maybe the Lord is asking me to stay and invest mm-hmm. here um, and give of what I received. Mm-hmm. So, so you were really great. discerning between foreign missions and <clears throat> American missions. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And I knew at that time that I wanted to do mission because I'm like, how can I have had this experience? How can I have had my life turned upside mm-hmm. down and mm-hmm. be transformed and not desire that for other yeah. people? Yeah. You know? I love that. Thank you, Jesus, for what he's doing in your life. So there's this like weird trend happening in Christianity right now. That's like 
anti-mission trip. Like, if, I don't yeah, know if you guys, yeah. like, mm-hmm. there's this, like, I, like people are like, oh, like, don't do a mission trip. Like, go, leave America and, like, you're just, and then go to serve the poor. I don't know. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen that? It's yeah. Like, it's, like, weird. Well, and, I, think, I think I think it comes from a heart of, like, um, it, it probably comes from a, an ordered heart that is suggesting something, like, there's there's poverty here like there's things to do like in your own neighborhood or yeah. something but there is something to getting out of your own neighborhood yeah, right yeah. like jesus calls them from the seashore like mm-hmm. there, there's something about the way that he draws us out of what yeah. we're accustomed to mm-hmm. to open our eyes to something new right and then and then it's only then when we come back from an encounter with jesus like that that we actually see our surroundings anew like i yeah. I, I laugh at that all the time like every single time i go from damascus to serve somewhere and i come back it's like wow, I can like pour out in so many ways here, you know? Well, I was, it's so interesting because I was with this like community down in Texas and they blew my mind. They, it's, uh, they, uh, it was a prayer meeting where they were commissioning young married couples to be lifelong missionaries. And Hmm. they were going to foreign nations and they were, I mean, it was these young married couples in their late twenties, early thirties, holding babies and their communities praying over them. And like they're going to the Middle East to plant church. It was a mm-hmm. Christian conference where they're going to plant churches in the Middle East. They're going to like um, <laughs> like a different like small like regions in mm-hmm. India and Africa. And like I, I was just blown away. Like oh my gosh, they're risking so much. And they had other missionaries yeah. come back at this conference and share their testimonies. And it was this like mom sharing about how their family had. Um, uh, they had kids and and the husband and the wife had been arrested in the Middle East. And mm-hmm. uh, just like real, like this missionary spirit that was so mm-hmm. pure. And I, I asked their, the, their lead pastor, I was like, how did you foster? Like, this is just a normal mm-hmm. church. Like, how did you foster <laughs> such a missionary spirit in your congregation? And, and he said, well, it, it starts with that first visit, right? That like you have to, if you're at, if you're ever going to be called a lifelong mission, mm-hmm. you have to have that first visit where you test it, and and, mm-hmm. and God starts to speak to you. And I think your testimony is so uh, that's so apparent, like right that like that first visit, God did something, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like boom, I'm selling all, I'm all in right away. But then and then the next like then you step into greater mission in your everyday life after that mm-hmm. on campus, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take another visit mm-hmm. and God does something else and you step into greater mission. And then then you say, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to be a full-time mm-hmm. missionary." And there's mm-hmm. something about those mission trips where yeah. you, where God is slowly planting. He and, and this church is so they're they're so intentional. They're like yeah, they would go. You go first for a ten-day trip, and then the mm-hmm. second time you want to go, maybe you go for a two-month trip, and then because they actually have a process of like God wants you to discern: Are you called to lifelong mission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just neat how your testimony kind of yeah. shows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something Focus Missions does really well is we work with existing communities that already have an sure. apostolate in a place, and so we send yeah. groups back again and again. Um, but one thing that they really hammer home is like, it's about the encounter. It's not, you're not going to go there and solve poverty because you went Mm -hmm. on a week long trip Mm -hmm. to a different country. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about your transformation and the transformation of the people by Christ and believing that we have something to give one another in the encounter. And so, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I would say the hardest mission trip is crazy. This last year we went to Washington, DC, Mm-hmm. Um, as a domestic trip. And that was the hardest mission trip I've ever been on. Wow. Um, and we were in, you know, we we're working with the poor in tent cities. And so there'd be these huge skyscrapers and then this mm-hmm. tent city right in the middle. So you see the disparity between the rich and the poor. Um, but we were there just hearing people's stories and 
this man, hmm. very well-dressed in a suit, brought, like, a camera crew in. And yeah. he was asking, you know, started yelling hmm. yelling at us of, like, do you think you're going to actually fix anything by mm-hmm. coming in here? Like, what are you doing? You're just making yourselves feel better and all these sorts of things. And hmm. uh, the priest that was with us had such a gracious response. And he just looked at him and he said, like, look at these people. Like, look mm-hmm. at their faces. Do you know any of their names? Like, do mm-hmm. you know their stories? Because because I do. Because mm-hmm. I come here every week and mm-hmm. I listen. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's something so much more powerful in the encounter. Mm-hmm. Christ is present in the encounter. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that is worthy of doing. That is worthy of being sent on mission and going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, because the that. service is unto something, right? Yeah. Like I think that that's where we can we can miss it sometimes. And I think that also might go into the mission trip thing that you were talking about, Dan. Is that like I think if we don't share with people that this service trip is unto something, then it's just glorified mm-hmm. humanitarianism, mm-hmm. which yeah. I can get just about anywhere, right? But like the service, like I'm looking at this person because they're a unique, specific, and unrepeatable image of Jesus Christ. It's yeah. like, you, there's no other image of Jesus like you in the world. I won't see it till the other side of eternity. And it's right here in front of me. And I'm presenting to you a unique, specific, and unrepeatable image of Jesus that you won't see till the other side of eternity. And right here, if we can get behind the fact that like, evangelization always has an agenda. Now, again, like I know that that's a toxic word in uh-huh. the world today. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a, such a bad agenda. word. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like if you go into a meeting without an agenda, yeah, yeah. like how good's the it meeting? Like, like, like again, yeah. and, and again, I'm not saying go in and like act robotic, but the agenda is unto something. It's like, I want you to know the one who loves me and loves you beyond what words can share right now. Well, And, and that matters. And I think there's, there's mm-hmm. even... It's both and in the sense of like holiness and mission always go together. Mm-hmm. Encounter and mission right. go together. And so like I think it's not it's not bad. Like it, I go on a retreat so I can sure. I can grow in holiness, right? Mm-hmm. Like and that happens when I go on a mission trip as well. Like something I'm gonna grow well, because I'm I'm like leaving the world to experience mm-hmm. the Lord, right? And I think there's something mm-hmm. like I think there's almost like this notion of like uh, like it. it it's bad if you're going to encounter Jesus or something yeah, like that, you yeah, know? And I think there's yeah. some, there's something so beautiful in that, that like, okay, like it's a great opportunity to engage someone new in their faith mm-hmm. to really encounter mm-hmm. the Lord. And I think you, you talked about just that senior year trip, um, mm-hmm. it being so pivotal in your, your transformation. We, we were youth ministers for a long time and we would mm-hmm. take our youth groups on these winter mission trips. And what we found was that, kids that we couldn't get to youth group would actually like, they would sign up for the mission trip and and then their lives would be transformed. And then they would start coming to youth group and plug back into the, like the mass and everything. But it was the mission trip was, which was actually just appealing to the humanitarian, if you will. Mm -hmm. It, it got them in the door. Yeah. Or it appeals to the adventure. Yeah, so I'm not convinced that the humanitarian. Yeah, lots, uh, yeah right. Because well, because again, yeah. again, because like <laughs> I, I do think as humans we want to serve other humans, but it's it's something like, hey, here's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Would you sign up for it? Yeah. And, yeah, and sometimes sure, youth group is. isn't pitched as an adventure. It's like, hey, there's this boring meeting that happens on Sunday nights. Do you want to come to it? Nope, don't really want to. Yeah, right. Yeah. But this mission trip where you're going to experience something you've never experienced before. Yeah, I'll do that. And if we could make all ministry like that, like come experience something you've never experienced before. You know what? I think I might be yeah. interested in that. And I think sometimes we do, we can complicate it with our strategies and our, our thought systems, but it's like, man, is it going to be adventurous and new? Yeah. And, and will I, will I be able to like grow from it? And they, they might not even be able to put words on that, but it's something like that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. You were speaking to Cole about, about how 
like there's a value in loving. Mm-hmm. Like there's a value in showing love to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if maybe maybe you could witness to that. I guess you have in, in your story about holding the man's hand in, mm-hmm. in Haiti. And uh, I, 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 led a, I led a group down to Appalachia of our missionaries just last week. Mm-hmm. And awesome. the, uh, the story that I always tell, you know, Dan mentioned that we've led trips there for, for 20 some years. And um, inevitably on someone's first visit, their inclination is, okay, so we're here. What can we do to transform the economy? Yes. What can we, what can we do? Yeah, to, yeah, what yeah. can you, you know, pick people up by the bootstraps and teach them how to farm? What economic system? In three can I days. In three yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it, I I was able to share testimony, um, and I'm sure you've probably experienced something similar this this past week. That there was a point in time after which probably three five years of of being at service in Harlan County, Kentucky, where I realized that my purpose here is not to affect change. Mm-hmm. It's to show people what it's like to be loved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's to sh- it's it's to demonstrate the love of Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Period. End yeah. of story. Mm-hmm. Cuz truly, you know, the 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 $40 in groceries that we give to a family, like it's not going to <laughs> Yeah. 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 Whoa. Yeah. Um, but 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 the investment and the love uh mm-hmm. it it speaks What's it, it speaks to? volumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I had another realization this year that was really neat that like, okay, what's the purpose in going to a trip like this? Uh, you know, we, we see in scripture that um, there was a point at which the, uh, King Saul, he was, he was pursuing David mm-hmm. and he happened into the, the camp of the prophet Jeremiah. And when he, when he entered into the camp of the prophets, he began to prophesy. And at this point in his life, he wasn't necessarily a good guy. But mm-hmm. when he encountered the prophets, he began, he, he adopted the heart of the prophet, he adopted the spirit of the prophet. Mm-hmm. And as I was there in Cranks, I was like, you know what? The reason we come here is because there's an apostle who lives in this town yep. who is named Bobby Simpson, um, who's a normal, just old man, right? Yeah. He's been <laughs> blind for 60 years. Yeah. And, wow. uh, but, but he carries an anointing on his life that inspires a heart for mission in the people who stay in his house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This trip's going to be worth it every time just to spend time in this house, yeah, with like Bobby. just to be at the yeah. feet of an, of an apostle. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was a transformative well, moment for me. And I, that's, that's uh, I, I think that's so good because I think there's something about like when you're doing those trips, yeah. like in your loving, you're asking the question, well, how am I called to love for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. And that's where that vocational seed gets planted. Mm-hmm. And so like you're not going to affect change in five days, um, but God's going to—he's—he's he's going to call you to a vocation of love that does Im- cause ma- massive change, right? Well, like yeah. that God may call you to live there in that community and change it with your life, mm-hmm. like He yeah. did Bobby, or He may call you to to be a missionary on, at Ohio State and change mm-hmm. the campus. And mm-hmm. how? how how have your trips, Nicole, kind of led you to that kind of vocational discernment of like, not necessarily like, am I married or am I a religious sister, but like yeah. vocational discernment of like, where am I going to pour my life into? Like, what am I going to pour my life into? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I would say um, something that I think is beautiful. Cardinal Seurat always talks about the poor as as a gift. So he says mm-hmm. that um, the whole church kneels before you. Uh, you mm-hmm. preach to us the gospel of suffering. 
And I recognize that, like, I, I look in the eyes of the poor and I think, like, that's me. Like, I, I am more poor than any of these people here. And mm -hmm. I need the gospel. I need to be transformed. I need to be saved. I need to know Jesus in this way. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to the call for my life, I have to recognize, like, it comes from this place. Of, like, I am a child and I'm a beggar. And the Lord meets me there and he calls me into a life to serve him. And that's going to look different at different times. I'm sure mm -hmm. for me right now, it looks like being a full-time missionary. Um, mm -hmm. but it's like the place where I first encountered and met love himself. Um, mm -hmm. and I came to know him. Like, mm -hmm. how do I return to that place again and again and again? How do I invite people into a place where they can encounter love and be changed by him mm -hmm. forever? And that's not a question for me. Like mission for me for the rest of my life <laughs> is not a question. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to be on mission yeah. in some way. Because I'm trying to imitate the, li the mm -hmm. life of Christ. I'm trying to become more like him. And he was on mission. Like yeah, he himself yeah. had a mission, right? Mm -hmm. um, to bring people back to the Father. So anything that I do, I hope, reflects the way that he has called me and loved me and chosen me mm -hmm. for this mission. Yeah. 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 So what's, what's your engagement now on campus with mission trips mm -hmm. and with, with encouraging others to be engaged in this? Yeah, so Focus leads a bunch of mission trips. Um, there's over a thousand going out this year. That's amazing. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and they invite and allow campus missionaries to direct and lead those mission trips so that we can bring our students to them. Because I mean, like you said, when else are you going to get undivided time? Mm -hmm. You know, a week or more with a student. Yeah. That you they can't even give you an hour for coffee. You know, <laughs> during the week. Like, um, so it's a really cool opportunity to invite mm -hmm. them away to meet the Lord there. Mm -hmm. with that so i'm directing a uh, pilgrimage to poland over spring break and mm -hmm. some of the yeah. girls from ohio state it's a women's only trip with the sisters of life um that's but awesome. some of the girls that from ohio awesome. state are going with me and i'm so excited that's so cool for that yeah yeah because yeah, i think well i think it's a um yeah i i, I just keep i just keep thinking about my experience at ohio state um and i know focus has been there for a couple years now it's doing yeah. amazing work when i when i was there um the newman center would still have like spring break trips and i remember the first time that um i went on a trip kind of after giving my life to mission and and that was transformative too so like kind of like your second mission trip you went on like the first time i ever went on one it was kind of what you were talking about in seventh grade dan it kind of opens your eyes to something but then i had given my life to the lord and then saw it through the lens of mission. And I think it's such a way to bring especially young adults into kind of like more in their faith too, right? Like, right. hey, let's go to Poland and let's go take an adventure and let's give the Lord permission to do more, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think that's a, something you guys do so well. But do you want to speak yeah. to that? Like, just like, I don't know, welcoming people into more mm -hmm. through those type of invitations? Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes people don't realize that they're hungry and they're thirsty until you bring them to the desert and they can yeah. experience it, you know? And so mm -hmm. in some way I think mission is the same of like, okay, I'm inviting you into mission in some way or I'm inviting you on a mission trip or a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. um, I'm inviting you to realize that you're hungry, that you're longing for something yeah. more, that your life as it is, isn't satisfying you. Um, that there's mm -hmm. a God who has loved you and chosen you from the very beginning that's been pursuing you and waiting for you to turn to him and respond um, and so it's that invitation can change somebody's mm -hmm. entire life. And I know that because it changed mine. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so just recognizing that, yeah, the place that we meet the Lord on mission is not separate from our day-to-day -day life, but there are occasions in which he gives us the opportunity to be drawn out of the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. and, um, shakes us a little bit and we're off kilter. And then we recognize like, oh, maybe I haven't been mm -hmm. seeing clearly. Maybe there's something more for my life and more for me mm -hmm. uh, yeah. here. Yeah. I think that's awesome. 
I had a, a missionary yesterday, um, one of our younger missionaries in our community. She asked me, um, how do you stay hungry? You know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I'm, uh, first of all, I'm not that old. Um, like, it's not like I've been doing this for like decades upon decades, but like, uh, it has been 20 years of mission in my life. And like, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I told her I'm, I'm hungrier now than I've ever been. Like it mm-hmm. literally, I get hungrier year after year after year. And, um, but when she asked that question, it was just, uh, the words that came to me is, um, I stay sensitive that mm-hmm. like, we have to stay sensitive to the brokenness in the world, that poverty. And it's when we, mm-hmm. even like, how do you stay hungry on mission to like, love your family, right? To like, mm-hmm. stay sensitive of like, to know the wounds or the the hurt and the pain that your kids yeah. are experiencing. Like, what is, what is my daughter's like hurt right now? Mm-hmm. And, or what's my wife's concern right now? That is, as your heart is sensitive and it breaks for another, mm-hmm. it, it, it energizes you to pour out yeah. on campus, to stay sensitive, like mm-hmm. to the needs of those on campus, to pour out to them, to, mm-hmm. to stay sensitive to like the needs of the young church. It's yeah. like, it's just that when our hearts are broken and a mission trip does that so well, it breaks your heart and it kind of, it gives you the heart of compassion, a heart that becomes sensitive again, mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. like comatose. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe you guys have a different answer on like how you stay hungry or how like how I, I've noticed that like almost sometimes I get too business oriented, like too focused on like emails and communication and yeah. all of that. Like the strategy of ministry. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can the get sensitivity can yeah. break or they the can. like too, too focused on um, just like the busyness of the world. And mm-hmm. how do you guys stay sensitive? Like when it comes to like, what do you do when you realize, man, my heart isn't attentive to the spiritual poverty mm-hmm or the needs of others. Yeah. Well, I haven't been doing it as long as you guys have, but I, I have like, um, over like the last year, the Lord's been showing me. And that's why I love what Nicole's saying is like, the Lord's been showing me that it has to be a, like a, a routine in my life to take time with the Lord where he can shift my lens. That because when we go through the day to day, when I come to Damascus every day and I work my normal day, my lens over time just gets a little foggy. And so I like, I, I need to go take like, uh, just a day alone with God or, or Nina and I need to go take a trip where we just like take some silent time and encounter him in a new way, or we go and serve somewhere, or we take a pilgrimage somewhere because, um, this Bishop's giving a talk there or the, the Pope is in Philadelphia or whatever, whatever that might be just an opportunity in, in my life to say yes to the Lord, to something I don't normally do so that he can shift my lens. Because I think everything we're talking about here, the reason I think pilgr- even think of pilgrimage to Poland, like the atrocities of the 20th century, they're waiting for you in Poland. Yeah. One of the greatest popes that our church has ever seen is waiting for you in Poland. Like there's so many things that can inspire you and open your eyes when you're there. And I think if we do that, even in small ways, like even if it's, I'm going to take a day where I actually, like, I don't, at- I don't attend to my normal day-to-day task, but I spend today with the Lord and I'm going to go and I'm going to pray for more hours. I'm going to spiritually read. I'm going to take a rosary walk or something, whatever floats your boat, man, you know, but I, I, I think there is something to getting out of your normal routine regularly where you invite the Lord to shift your lens and to show you something different, because I think it takes you out of, um, well, I think this goes into service trips too. It's funny how I think it all connects, but like it takes you out of a temporal lens that's just here now. And it takes you into an eternal lens. And and that's what happens on service trips too, right? Because I could just be serving you a bologna sandwich or I could be feeding you 
in such a way that permits you to be fed in the spirit, like you're being fed in the body. Like, like the difference between humanitarianism, if that's what we're calling it and holiness or like the call of the saint is a difference in lens. It's a difference in perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. temporal versus eternal. It's right. It's I'm just doing right now, or man, there's something bigger here. But I I got, you said so many good things, but I got a big problem with one of the things you said. Do it. You mentioned giving someone a bologna sandwich. That is not an act of charity. That, that is like That's the meanest thing thanks. you could ever give. I'm like, sorry. Bologna is the worst meat like, ever. Really? And like, oh, objectively? Okay, bologna. Okay. Okay. Like, that's just like, like, I have no love for you, so I'm giving you I'm a bologna sandwich. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not actually sure I've ever even given out a bologna sandwich. It's just what yeah. came to mind yeah. hey, guys, when I we're thought We're going to Poland, and we're going to pass out a thousand... Uh, yes, bologna sandwiches All right. to the poor. So note that Nicole, yeah. no yeah. bologna to Poland, yeah. but okay, okay, bring it back. Yeah, how do you stay uh, sensitive, Aaron? Let's, let's jump to Nicole. Nicole, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> What's your favorite lunch meat, Nicole? Oh, you know, I'm actually a vegetarian. No, 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 no. So she says so she's you not bringing not bologna. bologna. No, 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 no. I, I'd actually, I'd love, I'd love to hear your response to this. Being on mission, how is it? How is it that you stay focused on the heart of? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is something that's a very big part of our team. Well, in the life of focus, yeah. mm -hmm. any missionary, hopefully, but is divine intimacy and just recognizing like Jesus says we can do nothing apart from him. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean like, oh, I can do a little bit of something. It's like, I absolutely can do nothing. And so mm -hmm. we have a holy hour every day. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like talking about staying sensitive, it's like, yeah, I have to go before the crucified Lord and mm -hmm. I have to, mm -hmm. to look upon his wounds and look upon who he is and say like, your love led you to the cross. Like your love is cruciform and begging him of like, let me, let my heart break like yours. Yeah. Um, let me see like you see, like heal my vision. Hmm. And then it's, it's responding to like, he asked the question, what are you looking for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as missionaries, that's what we turn around and ask people all the time. Like, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that mm -hmm. all has to stem from being tethered to the Lord in yeah. prayer. Um, and that intimacy drives everything in mission and, and without it, mission is nothing. It crumbles. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that, that. That's mine too. <laughs> no, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to let you get away from <laughs> it. Aaron. We, need, we need your wisdom. Uh, you no, know, I, so, um, seeing, I think seeing with the Lord's eyes has been, uh, has oh. been the biggest, uh, space that I've returned to, um, year after year to be able to, you know, we have so many opportunities here mm -hmm. at Damascus to walk up on any given Wednesday or Thursday or whatever, mm -hmm. and and see a lunchroom filled with just a ruckus middle school or high school students who are who are excited to learn and to engage in a faith encounter with Jesus, mm -hmm. um, and you know, it it's almost like you become inoculated to the fact that this is a place of transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And and there have been there have been a number of really beautiful key moments for me where just being in the midst of our missionary body or being in the midst of a retreat mm -hmm. where Jesus has really like called me in my mind to like, I want you to look at each of these individuals and realize that this is like, this is my child. Like this is, this is my mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. And, and just to be able to take a step back and be like, okay, I've got a billion tasks yeah. on my list right now. Yes. But when I walk through that lunchroom, here's 200 images of Jesus. Right. That, that I get to, that I get the grace of being in the same space with. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than a sixth grade image of Jesus, one of, man. One of, one, of our, uh, one of our missionaries gave a great testimony at the at the trip this past week. She was mm -hmm. saying that, um, you know, I had I had charged them with, 
we do a lot of street evangelization. So it's easy to come into a routine of like, mm -hmm. I want to spend time with you and I want to, I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the missions of our trip was that we're going to go into people's homes and we're actually going to, in addition to being in relationship with them, ask if we can do some act of like service yeah. to them. You know, mm -hmm. is there a refrigerator that you've wanted to move so you can clean yes. for a year and a year? hole in the floor that we can patch. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, and that was actually a really hard assignment for our team because they, uh, the people that we were visiting just wanted to spend time together. Mm. Right. And um, there was one, one missionary, a young woman who was, who was witnessing to the fact that she was, um, they were invited into this gentleman's home and they were sitting with him and he just kept talking and talking and talking. And meanwhile, like the, the stress and the tensions building up of thinking, oh my gosh, like I need to do something. I need to do something right now because I said I was going to do something. Yeah. And and the Lord spoke to her. She she was witnessing and said like this is adoration. Like you are mm -hmm. sitting in the presence of Jesus. Mhm. Mm Stop thinking about doing something. Yeah. Like right. like sit before this monstrance mm -hmm. and allow mm -hmm. your heart to be transformed. Yeah. And she's like, "Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that is Jesus, if you yeah. say so. That's, that's a right. beautiful word because just, yeah, that's what love is being able to see Jesus and spend time and mm -hmm. to, to spend time with that person and to love them is an act of adoration. I think I that's that. the gift of like mission. That. Yeah. That's the gift of mission is, is like holiness and mission aren't two separate streams, but yeah. rather they're like two primary ingredient, ingredients to the primary stream. Yeah. It's like, like, because, mm -hmm. Exactly what Nicole was saying too. Like you have to go before the Lord to then go out and witness Him to the world. But you have to have you actually also have to go into the world, right, in order to come back to the Lord and yeah. see Him in right order. Yeah, because absolutely. it's it's actually this this mutual reality where I I go before the Lord daily and seek His face, and and He allows me to go out and be His hands, His yeah. feet in the world, His voice, His whatever He's calling me to be that day in the world. But then when I return to him, I all of a sudden, as I begin to know him more and more, I'm like, whoa, you look and sound an awful lot like this that I saw in the world. Like, oh my goodness, yeah. you're you're transcending all of this, right? And without mission, if we just take that out and we just focus on holiness, like I'm going to get to perfect holiness before I go on mission. You'll never be on mission, yeah. right? Or if I, Or I'm going to wait to start a personal prayer until I am perfect on mission. It's precisely gonna not going to happen, right? Yeah. Because it's, again, it's 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 like a mutual they exchange yeah, they, they go together. that have to be given. Yeah. I think I, I'm just, as you guys are talking, I'm reflecting on like, where are, like, where do you position yourself in your daily life? So like, if, if something mm -hmm. happens when I position myself in Belize or in Haiti, like I reposition myself. And because of that, I become more sensitive to the presence of Jesus and others. And my heart is stirred to mission. Mm -hmm. Well, how can I position myself in my day-to-day -day life for that same thing to happen? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and there's something like, I remember when um, I was discerning, like where to go to college, right? Like um, for me, I, I had a really hard, like there was, uh, it was between Ohio state, like living on OSU's campus and Franciscan. And as I was asking the Lord that, like, I wanted to position myself um, at Ohio State's campus because mm -hmm. I knew I would be surrounded by sin. Mm -hmm. Whereas it, at Franciscan, um, I, I knew it would be very edifying and upbuilding. And there was something about, like, my heart wanted to be more sensitive to that area of, like, being, like, I'm going to be better on mission if I'm around college campus parties because I'm going to see the spiritual poverty or, mm -hmm. or even like my wife and I, I've always like when we've bought houses, like we've bought in um, 
like safe neighborhoods, but neighborhoods close to to poverty. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I woke up this morning, and my wife's like, "Hey, like a fourteen year old girl was shot at the uh, Speedway gas station right on the corner." It's like, uh, mm-hmm. and so like just like seeing, and it's like my heart becomes so sensitive at Speedway yeah. all, every yep. day because I see like there's a drug dealer at Speedway that I I mm-hmm. see. There's the 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 homeless man digging through the trash can at Speedway. There's mm-hmm. the the woman who's working there who who just looks beat up and discouraged. And then yeah. you can have conversations with them. And, and when you ask like, uh, how can I pray for you? It's amazing that, that question, can I pray mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you see the wound, the wounds of Christ open up. Like the person just starts to share yeah. all the brokenness in their life uh, with me, a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Hey, is there anything mm-hmm. I can pray for you today? All of a sudden their heart explodes open. Yeah. And it's like, Yep. I see all the wounds of Jesus and you're in adoration and the, the blood <laughs> of Christ is now falling on you and your heart is filled with mercy mm-hmm. and able to love. And I just wonder for listeners, like, where do you position yourself? Like, are you positioning yourself in a place where you're seeing the spiritual poverty, the physical poverty, the brokenness of God's people so mm-hmm. that that missional heart is created in you. Uh, you're at OSU this year, right? Ohio State. Like yep. what's the spiritual poverty that you're seeing in our college students most yeah. right now? Uh, mm-hmm. Holy cow. Um, well, Mother Teresa says the greatest poverty of the West is loneliness, you know, and, and I see that a lot, especially right now, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of fear driving so many things. And so, and the students, I see a lot of isolation and they just want to be known, you mm-hmm. know, and so they seek for that in other things. They put themselves in so many positions that they wouldn't ever normally put themselves in because they want to be known and they want mm-hmm. to be seen. Mm-hmm. They want to be a part of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it sounds crazy, but a lot of times the reason people aren't Catholic, the reason people aren't Christians is because there's nobody there to even invite them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I found, you know, there's difficult times in mission, but there's other times where I invited somebody to get coffee with me. I invited somebody into a Bible study, some random thing. And because of that, their life was transformed by Jesus, by a simple Mm -hmm. invitation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they're struggling. The students are struggling with a lot. We all are in some way. But just recognizing, like, it takes an invitation. It takes somebody going out. It takes you being able to freely give of the life that you've received. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Jesus says in Matthew, right? Like, freely you've been given, freely you are Mm -hmm. to give. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's... um... I, I think like it, it's so interesting that the very thing that we crave the most is also the thing that we've been wired to give the most. So like yeah. we, yeah. we want to be seen, known and loved. And every day we're called to see, to know mm-hmm. and to love. Right. And so like it's almost like if I go into the day, I, I know what I'm desiring and I also know what I'm giving and what I'm giving is what I'm desiring to get in return. And it was funny as you were saying that, Dan, the reason I'm, I'm kind of connecting those things is you were saying that like a huge part of your life is like, you want to stay around the the broken areas so you don't forget. Right. And then, um, and, and to your point, like just the, the way that people respond whenever they're seen, known and loved, but what that does to you, because when we see, when we know, and when we love it transforms us. Yeah. And then to your point, Nicole on campus, when someone is seen, known and loved, they're transformed too. And you can see the fact that they play together. And when you were speaking, Dan, I, I immediately jumped on because I felt like the Lord was um, speaking through Hebrews. So in Hebrews 13, I, I love this verse. It's in, in verse two. So Hebrews 13, verse two, he says, do not neglect hospitality. And, and now that doesn't just mean welcoming people into your home. Yeah. It doesn't just mean like having a good party once a month with the people on your cul-de-sac, but like hospitality in your everyday moments. Like yeah. do not neglect hospitality for through it, some have unknowingly entertained angels. 
like mm-hmm. angels and he's not like stuttering, right? Like there, there's actually this spiritual reality that's at play whenever I give my heart to hosting this person. And what does it mean to host? To see, know, and love. Like mm-hmm. I, I want, I'm hosting you into this presence in the presence that you and I are in. And I, I want to receive from you and give to you in the way that we're called. And in this, like this exchange, like there's something happening, like there's angelic activity sometimes. And I'm not mm. saying it, but Paul's saying it. Well, the writer of Hebrews, probably Paul to the Hebrews. Thanks for like, the theological uh, accuracy there. <laughs> but um, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something about that. that. Like if we could see every moment in, in a way, like almost preparing ourselves for it, you know, you were asking the everyday life thing. Like when I'm going somewhere, do I think to myself, there's something here bigger than me just going into Lowe's. Yeah. I probably don't, but maybe I should just put something in my truck that reminds me of that. Maybe a little, like, I don't know, a divine mercy image, or maybe a little thing in my dashboard, whatever that might be. Well, then it becomes normal though again, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you're, just right. Sh- you're right. You're right. You're right. But up. almost shift it, almost yeah. change the image, yeah. right? Like, I don't I, know, but you, the every day that needs to happen every day. I, I find that, um, the absolute key to happiness is looking outside of yourself. Yeah. Like the yeah. it, it, the moment I look inward, the and start worrying about myself, it, my spiritual life becomes more desolate. My mm. my a, emotional life becomes a wreck. Like it did that when I go inward, I it almost like creates this loneliness. Yeah. That but you're actually not lonely when you look outward. It's so mm-hmm. like that when when my needs are focused. Like mm-hmm. when I walk into a room and my first question is like, oh, and I survey like, how can I give myself mm-hmm. as opposed to who's gonna accept what can me? I get yeah, or whatever. Like yeah. when because that is like if you're on campus awesome. and you're thinking, yeah. how can I pour myself out mm-hmm. or who mm-hmm. needs loved? All of a sudden, I'm completely like I'm always around people at that point, yes. right? I'm never lonely because <laughs> I'm with another person. But uh, but a moment I look inward, I just become lo- mm-hmm. like it, mm-hmm. it breaks me. Yeah. Beautiful, and that's a habit you can. Yeah, it yeah, really you, is. You find yourself by giving yourself away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's what's beautiful about mission is like you're giving all the time, but only because you've received. And then that's good. in giving, you recognize this reality of like, oh, maybe this is who I truly am. Mm-hmm. You recognize your identity in that, which I think is really cool. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Um, Nicole, for, for any uh, buddy who might be listening, who's connected with Ohio State, how how yeah. can they get involved? How can they connect with with you or with Focus? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not I'm, just Ohio State. Uh, I guess yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah. A ton of Focus campuses. is a little bit big no, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's a little yeah, bit. You know, got, all over the country. They've made a bit of an impact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you can go on the Focus website and look us up. Our numbers are on there. If you're at Ohio State, um, we would love to connect with you and have Bible study and all that. What is but... the Focus website for the Focus.org. Focus.org. Pretty simple. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And what about Focus Missions? How can they find out about mission trips? Yeah. So you can search Focus Missions too. It's all kind of on the same thing. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in there you can look. There's a number of mission trips that you can apply for. That's how I went to Belize is I randomly went on the Focus Missions website and I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to go on a mission trip. Okay. How about Belize? (laughs) Yeah. And that's how I ended up there. So um, So if you're you're a university student, um, Mm -hmm. I guess let it be said again. Giving your life, giving a, yeah. a time of your life, a season of your life on mission, mm-hmm. it's something that that there's no mm-hmm. there's no better alternative. Yeah. For, right? yeah whether that's easy. with Damascus, whether that's with at, at Belize, whether that's mm-hmm. for a week or a month or two years, mm-hmm. um, giving that gift, that yes, it, it'll transform you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, regardless of what state you are in life, from seventh grade 
through through college, um, through graduate from college. Yep. Uh, if if you're you know check out your parish, check out your diocese. There's mm-hmm. opportunities that abound. Yeah. Um, but but you've got to seek out a way to step out of your routine mm-hmm. to establish something new. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think use it as discernment. Like if you're a young person, you're discerning a vocation, like do a mission trip. To like, mm-hmm. Or if you're discerning, yeah. like to become a missionary after college, like a mission trip's a great way to discern, like is this it is, is yeah. this the lifestyle yeah. that I'm yeah. called to? Yeah, and, and Nicole, um, just on all that too, like don't let us go without saying thank you mm-hmm. for serving Ohio State. And just like, I think what God's doing in Ohio is so cool to be a part of. And we're so grateful for all the ways that focus is just serving all of the amazing young adults at Ohio state. So thanks for saying yes to that. And, um, and we're excited to just see like, um, yeah, what God continues to do, right. As he continues to expand focus nationally and internationally, Damascus nationally, internationally, like, um, it's going to be exciting to see what he does. So thanks for being a part of it. All right, we're going to close with final thoughts. Um, oh, okay. uh, this is a new segment on Beyond Damascus. <laughs> is, is, Nicole, what is your final thought? Like, what is God speaking to in you in segment. prayer right now that yeah. you want to share with with our audience? Yeah. Um, St. Francis of Assisi is one of my favorite saints. And um, when I, I got to spend some time in Assisi a couple years ago, um, and through that, the one question that was prevalent in the time that I was there was, um, are you willing to give everything? Mm-hmm. And actually, when I was on Belize in, in mission, um, the missionary that was giving the last talk, he ended it with that question. Are you willing to give everything? And I think mm-hmm. that's my final thought of like, it is worthy. Like it is worthy of your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't regret it. Like if you say yes to Christ, there's nothing to fear. Um, but it's the question that we all have to answer. Like, are you willing to give everything? That is a mic drop final thought. Let's <laughs> let's uh let's take that into prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Uh Lord, we just want you to present that question to us right now. Are we willing to give everything? Lord, we thank you so much for giving everything. We thank you for pouring yourself out on the cross and um, just for the gift of inviting us to do the same, that you would call us into mission with you, that you would allow us to share in your mission to save souls, to bring people back into relationship with the Father, that you would allow us to share in your mission to heal this broken world. That Lord, you came to heal and you let us heal. You came to restore and you let us restore. You came to save and you let us save. Lord, thank you so much for welcoming us into that. Holy Spirit, we pray that you pour out your gift of courage, mm. um, that, that we'd be able to not only hear your voice, but but have the strength to make a shift, to have the strength to respond, whether that's vocationally or even just with a, a yes to a trip or a yes to mm-hmm. a season or yes to a summer. Um, Lord, give us, the, give us the strength to say yes. Yeah, Jesus, let us all give a fresh yes today. Mm. We pray that our yes from yesterday wouldn't continue to today, but rather we would give a new one today, that every day would be a yes to you, that every moment would be a yes to you, that we would follow your will every step of the way, and that you would continue to lead us and guide us and stay close to us as we continue to pursue your will for our lives, your will for this world, so that we can build up the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us. Uh, You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. If this show's been 
upbuilding to you and you want to share it with someone else, um, feel free to find our podcast wherever podcasts are found and share this episode so other lives can be changed. If you know young adults who are uh, hungry for mission or maybe they're not hungry for mission, but you want to inspire them to be hungry for mission, share this episode with them and let them know about Focus Missions and hopefully the Lord will change their lives like he's worked in Nicole's life. Thank you guys so much and join us next week on Beyond the Way.